words. Welcome to the dictionary. Hello, everybody. Let's talk about these words. We got a bunch of words that we got to say things about. What are those things that we're going to say? I have no idea. This is just all off the top of my head as I read the definitions for the first time. The first, oh, my name's Spencer. Did I say that? Hello, my name is Spencer. Hello and goodbye. Hello. Okay, the first word is dry eye. Two words, D-R-Y-E-Y-E. Noun from 1970, a condition associated with inadequate tear production and marked by redness, itching, and burning of the eye. This sounds terrible. Uh, Called also dry eye syndrome. There was something um, in the previous episode about dry, dry sobs, like there's no, no liquid, no tears coming out. So I guess if you got the dry eye syndrome, you're gonna have dry eye because it's literally dry, right? Um, not as much uh, tear production. That's uh, that you're not you're not making so much tears. And then if you're crying, then yeah, it's gonna make everything burny and red and itchy and owie owie owie. Hope I never have that. Okay, sound effect. Dry-eyed is next. So this is two words with a hyphen, and eyed has a D at the end. Adjective from 1667. One, not moved to tears or to empathy. <laughs> so you're you're not you're not crying. You have no empathy. Now, see, here's the thing. I think I have a lot of empathy, but I don't often get moved to tears. And I don't know what's going on there. But yes, normally, I think if you have if you have a good amount of empathy for something overly uh, very sad or very happy or something that would move you to tears, or you're seeing somebody who is moved to tears, then you might be moved to tears too. But no, in this case, you are not moved to tears. So you are dry-eyed. Because your eyes are staying as dry as possible. Two, marked by the absence of sentimentalism or romanticism. There is no romanticism or sentimentalism in this situation. So you're dry-eyed. It's like you're a robot. You got new emotions. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, hmm. Yeah, that, I think that's the weird thing about me is that I have these things, romanticism, sentimentalism, empathy, but it doesn't doesn't come out as tears very often. Not not too much. I don't know. Do I am I broken in some way? Am I dry eyed? Boom, 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 boom. Dry farming. Two words. Noun from 1878. Farming on non-irrigated land with little rainfall that relies on moisture-conserving tillage and drought-resistant crops. So this this sounds like it's a type of farming where you can do these things. Uh, You're going to plant crops that are uh, okay in a drought, I guess. Uh, There's not a lot of moisture that's needed to grow the crops. You can do it in an area that doesn't have a lot of rainfall. Uh, it seems like this is uh, this is smart. This is good. Good that we have this opportunity sometimes to do dry farming when we're in a drought situation. Probably can't be a really bad drought. 
Um, but the other thing is it's probably not a lot of crops that you can do this with. You need a variety of things to grow to do, you know, to get your best uh, diet. You need a lot of things. So, you know, it's good in a in a situation, a temporary situation, but uh, you can't, you don't want to rely on this forever if you can avoid it, I would think. Dry farm, two words with a hyphen, is a transitive verb. Dry farm, two words with, uh, that's a noun. And dry farmer, two words, that is also a noun. The dry farmer is dry farming on a dry farm. Doom ba doom 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 doom. Dry fly. <laughs> dry fly. Two words. Noun from 1846. An artificial angling fly designed to float. So this is probably when you're in fishing. You're fishing for the fish, uh, and you want a thing that's going to float on top of the water for some reason. Maybe it's to get uh, some specific fish. I don't know. I don't fish. But it's a dry fly because it hangs up there on the top, and maybe the top uh, is dry unless it flips over. It's not really dry because it's still sitting in water. But um, if it uh, if the top part stays angled up to the sun, maybe it'll get dried out. So it's a dry fly. Doom, 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 doom. Dry gas. This is all one word, and the D is capitalized because it is a trademark, and it is used for fuel line antifreeze for motor vehicles. So it's a kind of antifreeze uh, that you use because uh, you don't you don't want the, the the liquids in the car to to freeze in the winter. So you got to put an antifreeze in there so it stays stays able to run. It stays liquid. Uh, I guess Dry Gas is one of the companies that makes this antifreeze. I don't know. It doesn't give a year. I don't know if they're still in business. They probably are. It's kind of a weird name, though. Dry Gas. You want your gas to be liquid. The antifreeze is going to keep it a liquid. I don't get the name. Dry Goods. Two words. Noun from uh, 1657. Textiles, ready-to-wear clothing, and notions as distinguished especially from hardware and groceries. I don't really understand that one part. Notions at notions? Notions. Okay, well, what it's saying, I guess, is it's not groceries. It's not the things. It's not the food that you buy at the grocery store. It's not hardware. It's not the things that you get at the hardware store like light bulbs. I just had to go buy some light bulbs yesterday. and uh, But it is clothing that's ready to wear. You don't have to make it yourself. You don't have to sew it together. Clothes and textiles. That would be like, what, fabrics? Maybe literally tiles? I don't know. I think of fabrics more as textiles. Other things like that. Those are dry goods. Because... That's just what we decided as a culture to call those things. Dry heaves. Two words, noun from 1950. Something that, uh, no, nobody wants these. Nobody wants the dry heaves. It is repeated involuntary retching unaccompanied by vomit. So your body is going through the motions to throw up 
the stomach is and the intestines and the things are tensing up and trying to push stuff up through the esophagus and out your mouth hole, but you don't have anything in there. Something funky is going on with the body that it wants to get rid of stuff, but there's nothing to get rid of. I don't really know. Maybe once or twice I've had this. Usually I got stuff to get rid of, and uh, and then I'm done, and then I'm done with the barfin. We we all want to be done with the barfin, I think. Uh, dry heaves, not great. You just you you get it all up, and then your body's like, I want to get rid of more, please. I got no more. That would have been a, a fun sound effect. That would have made everybody throw up probably if I did some sort of dry heave sound effect. But no, it is dry hole. Two words, noun from 1883. A well, as for gas or oil, that proves unproductive. You dig, you got to dig, dig, dig down deep into a hole to get the gas or the oil. But if there's nothing coming up or if it's done with, uh, with the gas or the oil, then it's unproductive. You can't get any more out of it, so it's a dry hole. Dry ice. Two words. Noun from 1925. Solidified carbon dioxide. This stuff is fascinating. If I didn't know what it was, and I just read solidified carbon dioxide, I would just move right on. But no, I got to talk about this one for a second. I learned about this when I was a kid. Um, it's, it's, and I didn't really ever know what it was, but it is, they've somehow figured out how to take carbon dioxide and solidify it. It's normally a gas, right? I guess you can put it into a liquid form and then you can put it into a solid form, but you have to freeze it extremely cold. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for dry ice. How cold does it have to be to be solidified? So, so cold it's so cold, in fact. How cold is it? So cold that you cannot touch it with your with your skin, with your finger. It's so cold that it will burn your skin. It is incredibly not good for you to touch. <laughs> That's how people talk. So uh, you have to handle it with gloves. And uh, I remember my dad getting this stuff because he would do some haunted houses. And so this was a really cool thing because if you put it, I think, in water... I think that's right. It will uh, start to smoke and make a really, really cool effect. If you didn't know what um, dry ice is and you saw some smoke, you may have seen dry ice and didn't even know you saw dry ice. It's ice. It's dry. Why? Why do we call it dry? Because it's dry? Because it's not, I don't know. The thing, oh, you know, maybe why? Because I think when it melts, I don't, maybe it doesn't even turn into a liquid. It just turns into this uh, this gas that goes into the air. So there's no liquid form uh, when you're when you're using it this way. I don't know. It's got to have a liquid form, right? Doesn't everything have to have a liquid form if it has a solid and a gas form? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just talking out my dry hole mouth. Anyway, dry ice is really cool, and be careful. Be super super careful with it. In, in a couple of years, we'll be celebrating the 100th anniversary of dry ice. Drying oil is next. Drying oil, two words, noun from circa 1760. An oil, 
as linseed oil that changes readily to a hard, tough, elastic substance when exposed to a thin film of air. Hmm. This is this is really interesting. So it changes... It, it, when you expose it to just a little bit of air, it turns into a hard, tough, elastic substance. This is very interesting. Chemistry, chemistry at work. It's amazing that these things can happen. Is this just a natural occurring process? Is this a human-made thing? Why do you, what are you going to use this for? What's the point of it? I don't understand anything here. Doom, 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 doom. Dry land, one word, adjective from 1893, of, relating to, or being a relatively arid region, as in a dry land wheat state. Maybe wheat is one of those things that you can dry farm. Maybe it doesn't require a ton of uh, moisture or water uh, because, based on what I just read here, it seems like that would make sense. Uh, wheat state, is it's a dry land wheat state, and they grow wheat in the dry land, and there's relatively it's relatively arid, relatively dry. Also, more definition of adapted to practicing or being agricultural methods suited to such a region and the example of these methods are dry farming so yes you're going to do some dry farming on dry land and maybe you're going to grow some wheat unless you are gluten-free or have celiacs you're not going to be probably dealing with the wheat do 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 dry lot one word lot is l-o-t Noun from 1924, an enclosure of limited size, usually bare of vegetation and used for fattening livestock. Hmm, this doesn't make me happy. Um, so how, if it's bare of vegetation, how do you use it to fatten livestock? I'm guessing you put the livestock, like the pigs and the cows, you put them in this enclosure, so they can't run free, and uh, you, you do something you, to fatten them up, and I guess it's a dry lot because it's a lot of land, it's an a space of land, but maybe it's dry because it doesn't have a lot of vegetation. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the dry lot. Dry measure, two words, Noun from 1638. A series of units of capacity for dry commodities. And it says to see the metric system table and also the weight table. So you're going to measure dry things. What are you going to measure? I don't know. Maybe this is like, well, wheat and salt and sugar and spices and seasonings and flour and baking powder baking soda maybe uh, all of those things you gotta you gotta measure them when they're dry because they're dry dry mop two words noun from 1933 uh, it is a long-handled mop for dusting floors of course, these days we have uh, Swiffer and other related companies who are making these dry mops, um, I guess. I mean, they're from, 
They're from over 100 or almost 100 years ago, but um, it's just a dusting thing. I've never heard it called a dry mop. It's uh, it's just a duster to dust things because you don't want it wet. You wanna you want it to be like a piece of fabric that's gonna remove the dust. But if you put the the wetness on there, it's gonna get all damp and weird and stuff. Do 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 do. Dry nurse, two words with a hyphen. This is a transitive verb, so you're doing the action of a dry nurse, which is the next word. So that one makes more sense to read first, but that's not how the order goes here. So first we have to read the verb from 1581. One, to act as dry nurse two, and two, to give unnecessary supervision to. Hmm. That one I'm not familiar with. To give unnecessary supervision. So you're supervising somebody, but you don't need to. It's like, can you quit dry nursing me? I think I can take care of myself. I know how to tie my shoes. Please, please don't tie my shoes for me. Please don't tell me how to tie my shoes again with the rabbit going around the bush and through the hole or something like that. No, I, I don't need a dry nurse anymore. I'm a big boy. But here is the actual noun of dry nurse, two words, from 1598. Now, wait a minute. Dry nurse, the noun, is from 1598, but 17 years before that is the verb. How is that even possible? How could you act as a dry nurse to something or to somebody when you didn't even have the dry nurse word? This is boggling my mind. So what is a dry nurse? It is a nurse who takes care of but does not breastfeed another woman's baby. This is something that definitely was happening more in the 1500s, 1600s, maybe even the 1700s, probably way before all that too. And uh, so that's why they are a dry nurse because their breasts do not have the milk to feed to a baby. Um... I believe we must have the word wet nurse, right? That must be a thing. I feel like I've heard of that. So it's uh, somebody who's taking care of the baby. It's uh, a, a nanny, a whatever you want to call it, uh, who is taking care of the baby because the parents don't want to or can't or for whatever reason. Uh, I think of this as often being in uh, times where people were in uh, in castles, kings and queens, and they had babies and they had enough uh, power and control and money where they didn't have to take care of their babies and they could let the dry nurses dry nurse their babies. But no breastfeeding, that's the thing. They're all dried up. That was not meant to be mean or disrespectful. It's just just the words. So um, I haven't checked... Haven't checked for wet nurse, but I'm pretty sure that that might be in there. Which is usually a a woman who um, has also given birth at the same time, give or take, as the woman that they are acting as nurse to, but because they also gave birth, they can uh, uh, they can breastfeed. So, there you go. Learn something new if you didn't know that. Next is dryopithecine. Dryopithecine. D-R-Y-O-P-I-T-H- E-C-I-N-E, dryopithecine, noun from 1939, 
any of a subfamily of Miocene and Pliocene Old World Anthropoid Apes, sometimes regarded as ancestors of both humans and modern arthropoids. Hmm. Uh, Dryopithecine is also an adjective. So, okay, this is interesting. So this is from the Greek word dris, D-R-Y-S, which means tree. So they probably lived in trees. And then it's also from pithikos, which means ape. So apes in the trees, tree apes. The, tr- the apes the apes are doing the tree things up in the trees, swinging from vine to vine, tree to tree, hanging out in the trees. I want to hang out in the trees. The subfamily name is Dryopithecini, Dryopithecini, something like that. Uh, they're from the Miocene and the Pliocene time periods, and uh, I don't know, maybe if there's a, a visual representation of these, I'm sure we found the skeletons, but uh, maybe there's some artists' renditions of this uh, Dryopithecine sign, Dryopithecine. It's just one of the many, many, many evolutionary steps from uh, apes, arthropoids, those things, all the way to humans. Dry out is next. Two words. It is an intransitive verb from 1892. To undergo an extended period of withdrawal from alcohol or drug use, especially at a special clinic. And of course, this is called dry out because it's usually probably about alcohol, trying to get the alcohol out of your system. We talked all about that in the previous episode. If there's no alcohol, it's dry. Not literally dry because you got other liquids, but in terms of alcohol, we don't want no alcohol up in this situation So it's dry. You got to dry yourself out. You got to get yourself all twisted like a towel. They're going to wring you out of alcohol and possibly drugs as well. You got to go to a special clinic where they have the machines to dry you out. Also therapy. Dry point. One word. Noun from 1871. An engraving made with a steel or jeweled point directly into the metal plate without the use of acid, as in etching. So I guess in etching, they usually use acid, but in this context, no acid is used, which is why it is dry, and um, you're using a point, a pointed thing, steel or jeweled point, right onto the metal plate. Also, a print made from such an engraving is also called dry point. I don't know nothing about engraving or etching. Dry rot. Two words with a hyphen. Transitive. Oh, it's a verb from 1870 starting with transitive. To effect with dry rot, which we will learn about in mere seconds. And then the intransitive is to become affected with dry rot. So affected with dry rot, the dry rot is happening to you. Or the the other one, transitive, is where you are putting the dry rot on something. Maybe the dry rot is dry rotting something with dry rot. 
which is dry rot two words noun from 1795 1a a decay of seasoned timber caused by fungi that consume the cellulose of wood leaving a soft skeleton which is readily reduced to powder this is not good for the wood the wood does not like the dry rot it's a fungi it's coming in it's going to eat up all the important hard tasty stuff in the wood and then it's just a, a a skeleton of the wood and then you just push it over and it just is goes to powder it's like i'm done i am not wood anymore i am powder 1b is a fungal rot of plant tissue in which the affected areas are dry and often firmer than normal or more or less mummified. Whoa. This, what is this? The affected areas of the plants, plants and wood, uh, they're mummified. Ooh, this is so interesting. Maybe uh, we should put a link in the show notes for dry rot. I don't know. seems like there's a couple of kinds. Number two, a fungus causing dry rot is the dry rot fungus. The wood is like, there's a fungus among us. Watch out. Move. Get out of the way of the dry rot fungus. And then they're like, but we're wood and a tree and a plant and we can't move. Number three, decay from within caused especially by resistance to new forces. Hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. So uh, we're not talking about uh, plants anymore. We're talking about maybe a, a system... A political system, a bureaucratic system, a company, a something. I don't know what it is, but it's uh, its metaphorically decaying from within. You got people people leaving the company, maybe, um, caused by, caused especially by resistance to new forces. You, you gotta, you can't be resistant to new forces. Change is always happening. You gotta just sort of let it happen and, uh, or make it happen yourself. That's even better. And, um... And then you're you're just falling apart from the inside because you don't you don't uh, because you're resisting the new forces. Hmm. Dry run. Two words. Noun from circa 1941. And I feel like we had something similar in the previous episode. Oh yes, in dry number 16 was being a dry run as in a dry run rehearsal. So, a dry run is, number one, a practice exercise. The synonyms are rehearsal and trial. Let's just give it a go. I do no dry runs on this show. I read the words, and that's it. No dry runs, no rehearsals, no trials, none of that. Nope, we just jump right into it. Two, a practice Firing without ammunition. That's probably a good thing to do. You want to practice using your gun with no ammunition. Ammunition? That's something different. Uh, So, yeah, that's good so so you can get used to how the gun works. What's the gun? What is it? How does it do its thing? Let's see. But then, when you put in the ammunition, it's going to be a whole different ballgame, I suspect. The last word is dry salter. 
one word, D-R-Y-S-A-L-T-E-R, noun from 1707. This one is British, and it is a dealer in crude, dry chemicals and dyes. And dry saltery is a noun, also British. It decided to tell me there too. Not sure why, because I think it was pretty obvious. All right. Well, those were all of the words, and uh, that was just a fantastic time. So right now, I'm going to reread the words uh, so I can come up with a word of the episode, which everybody is so excited about. We had dry eye, dry eyed, dry farming, dry fly, dry gas, dry goods, dry heaves, dry hole, dry ice, drying oil, dry land, dry lot, dry measure, dry mop, dry nurse, dry nurse, dryopithecine, dry out, dry point, dry rot, dry rot, dry run, dry salter. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously I have to pick dry heaves, right? That's That's got to be the word of the episode. No, I am, of course, joking. Um... I did like dryopithecine. I like that. I like the uh, the evolution, learning about our ancestors. But but I think I'm gonna pick uh, dry ice as the word of the episode because I just think it is so fascinating. Um, let's see. It's it's sing songy time. Don't touch dry ice with your fingers. You're not gonna have any fingers anymore if you touch. You're not going to have any fingers anymore if you touch the dry ice. Use gloves, use gloves when you're touching dry ice. And then put it in a bowl, put it in a bowl and put some water on it and watch the steam go. I think I should just have some dry ice in a bowl on my table at all times. I'm sure that would be, wouldn't be expensive at all. All right, that's the end of the dictionary part of this episode, and I will quickly say, oh, yes, we watched the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yes, we did. It was so much fun and so good and so silly and totally made by fans for fans. I mean, come on. I was like 10 years old when I played Mario, 9 or 10 years old when I played Mario Brothers uh, when it first came out all those years ago, and... uh it's, you know, I have I have such fond memories. I didn't I didn't play all the games. There's a lot of the Mario games that I never played. Um there was I I think Paper Mario maybe I played once. I think Odyssey I didn't really play the Sunshine game. Maybe I tried that once. So it was a lot of the the newer ones. But uh, ooh, I played most of them and they got a ton of references in that movie and I love how it's like this is the story of how the Mario and Luigi world uh, came to be, um, and they and they left it open for sequels for sure. There's a whole lot of stuff that they did not get into, so I'm very excited about that. And they're just uh, super fun. The visuals are amazing. The motion, the animation is fantastic. The voices are great. Uh, the story is just super silly and fun, and. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Now I don't. You you may not know this, but it is. Uh, some people know that their last name is Mario, so it's Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. And I'm now trying to think. Did they ever even say that in the movie? I don't know. That's why they're the Mario Brothers, 
or some people like to say Mario. I don't say that. I say Mario. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's super fun. Whether or not you know Mario games at all, uh, you'll. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, this one seems like it's kind of made for adults with some kid stuff in there. Usually it's a movie that's made for kids with some adult things. No, th- this one is definitely made for the uh, the adults who have played these games for all of these decades, and we are here for it. All right, that is the end of this episode. Thank you very, 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 very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Michael Hunter. My buddy, David Spencer, and I have a new podcast all about one of our favorite internet sites growing up, HomestarRunner.com. You know, the guys that did... Looks like we're gonna have to jump! I said, come on, oh, we got to say, come on. We're going through every Flash cartoon on the site in release order. I've seen all of them, David has seen most of them, and David's wife Alexa pops in and watches them for the first time, just for the show. Come on, Fahuguapods, a Homestar Runner podcast, available wherever podcasts are sold, and at pipedreampodcast.com.